When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. Welcome to all our listeners today with the Art of Seeing Clearly. We thought we'd do something a little bit different and and talk about what we've learned over the last year. What are some themes we've seen with our amazing podcast guests? We truly have had some amazing individuals, professionals, entrepreneurs. And interestingly, we found that there are some common themes amongst them. So I wanted to bring that back to light today. And then I guess my my friend and producer here, Jennifer Fleming, she thinks she wants to interview me a little bit and <laughs> see a little bit about, all right, uh, a little bit about who I am uh, and my why. And so she's going to turn the tables on me. And that makes me a little nervous. Well, I'm a little nervous too. I'm usually <laughs> behind the, the camera, not on the microphone or on the, on the recording. So, um, Thank you for, you know, this opportunity. So it'll be fun. Yeah, this will be, this will be awesome. Yeah. So I hope our listeners will enjoy just, again, kind of a recap of some of the high points that we've had. And then stick around. Um, uh, we'll see what Jen has to has on her plate to ask me. Sounds good. <laughs> um, well, I think over the last, you know, we've been doing this a little over a year. I think we, we began in November of 2021. And um, it's been a, a true joy. And I think, you know, we've seen a lot of recurring themes through this. You've talked to, you know, dozens of speakers and coaches and, and book authors and thought leaders and entrepreneurs. I mean, what an incredible year. It, there have been some amazing guests. The, the professionalism of these people, the humbleness of these people, the servant leadership mentality of the people that have been on our podcast. 
and the amazing things that they've done within their own lives, but also the lives of their communities in which they, they live and serve, whether that's on a local level or a national level, it's really been eye-opening. I guess I shouldn't use that pun, but it literally has <laughs> been, has been eye-opening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that you hear a lot about that and, and, and not just throughout the Midwest, because I think we're all sort of Midwest humble. Um, so that servant leadership mentality, but really true, authentic leaders and coaches and, the, and those types of people tend to really inspire um, and be inspired by the people that they lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them, um, I remember yeah. Julie Nelson was uh, talking uh, about, you know, faith, family, friends, and and how that has helped served her throughout her whole professional career and the passion of what she does. And not just what she does, it's just who she is and how she does it that has brought her joy in the banking industry and how that's led her to relationships and being a mentor for other people. Um, Other ones that you've thought of, you know, I think in that realm, I think Addie Graham Kramer, um, I I loved how passionate she was about making an impact Um, and and the things that they've been able to do for, you know, for-profit and for nonprofits. I mean, $10 million for nonprofits, um, you know, planning and executing events is a, it's a major feat. Um, it is and, amazing. And, and that give back philosophy. There were um, some interesting points as you as we're giving back on even that servitude that our businesses, no matter what they are, a lot of them have to provide something other than financial wins for us. And, yeah. and for someone like Addie, for someone like Julie, for I guess even for myself, there's more to it than just what you're doing. It's the why behind what you're doing it. I love that you can just see their eyes light up when they're talking about what they get to do with their teams and the the change they get to bring into their communities. They really have a passion for what they do. It's not just a job. It's yeah. more than that. But I think that's also why people that we've had on our podcast, that's why they're there. That's why they're where they're at. Oh yeah. It's because they're able to have that, they've got that yeah. passion and that drive and that that vision. Yeah. Um, one of Addie's questions was asking, you know, we talked a a lot in our episodes too about staffing, hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a hot topic this last year for many reasons. And uh, asking non-traditional questions. Um, hey, if you could throw a dinner party, like who'd you invite? Why? And one that I remember hearing uh, from somebody was, "What would you serve?" You know, which is yeah. interesting. How would you take care of your guest? What would be on your menu, which is a whole different way to think about who is this person? Yeah. Do they have a certain quality of what I'm looking for in this particular position of hiring? Yeah. And I think, too, interviewing is such a unique skill. Um, You know, we all kind of have our favorite questions. Um, Mine is always, is it better to do the job right or is it better to do it on time? And it's really interesting when people have to think about that. So. You know, I know when Annie asked you who were three people you'd have, you know, to dinner, um, you know, and you, you had the best kind of sort of combination of, you know, comedy and intelligence and depth and all of that. So I think that's a great interview question and something that anybody can take and implement into their own business. And, and see a little bit more. Yeah. Again, who is this? Who is the depth of this person? Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, another theme that I loved was that no matter, I mean, male, female, young, um, older, I should say seasoned, um, but new in the entrepreneurship world, or they've been in it for a while, um, mentorship. And 
I knew mentorship was important, yet um, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what part of your business entrepreneurship journey you're in, um, the importance of having those people that you can look up to and just be open and raw with yeah. and, and and to guide you. Um, the I know Mayor Tenhaken had, you know, he was in business with somebody who ended up they, they broke off their partnership, but at the same time, they didn't break off their mentorship. Yeah. And that's, I'm not going to say that that's maybe the normal, but it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful, like, oh. Uh, well, like, and I think you're, that. your mentors sort of fill in the gaps or they help you to see things more clearly. Yeah. They help yeah. you see your own gaps, which I yeah. think is seen clearly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Or you're stuck. On, on a problem or a concern, it's like those those people, number one, they're not in it emotionally, psychologically, or financially with you, mm-hmm. but they want the best for you. And so I think having the mentor, but seeking the mentor out to asking for those referrals, which isn't always easy for people to find that. So I think really in the entrepreneur world, you do, not all of us are this type and now this this type of personality that's just like go 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 get them get them get them. I'm so I love talking with strangers kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so like I, raising my hand, that's me. And so it does. It's a forced thing for me to go out and meet people to kind of step over what I know is a little hurdle for me mm-hmm. to Challenge say hi, yeah. to go up to introduce myself to somebody. That's not easy for me to do. You think I do it all day long, but that's in my world. Yeah, I do it all day in my world, not when I get outside of my walls. So for me, I think that was a big growth thing. And uh, as I got into entrepreneurship, but also with the guests that we had on of seeing that, okay, there's the community. I think that's a theme too. Like there's a community theme. Mm -hmm. I just loved it. Well, and Mayor Tenhaken talked a little bit about the 52 mentorship program. And I love that that sort of spans. with the youth. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because you're starting them with that now. I think of how, I mean, some people have these men, you might have a mentor for five years, you might have them for 20 years, but you're probably always going to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not quite there for that stage in life now, you're always going to remember who they were. Yeah. And so who in your life, I'm going to throw in a question now. (laughs) Um, So who in your life is your mentor? I think you have many, (laughs) just knowing you. I think you have many people for different reasons yeah and you you i don't i haven't had a mentor who's just been one mentor the whole way through Mm -hmm. um even though i say i i'm not someone just to go up and shake a hand and ask a question or put myself in out i don't put myself out there um you know throughout life i do end up like okay how do i how do i get this question answered how do i solve this puzzle and and what are my resources and who might be able to help me find that? So mm-hmm. you start with the people you know and just say, hey, yeah. and then you start making this connection to that connection and you end up um, possibly with a mentor. But the, the strangest thing is, although I think I've had many, I also I think I've had more now in the last two to three years mm-hmm. than I ever did. I felt a little bit more on an island before. and so. I feel like the need, like I need and I want these people in my life. And they've got this value beyond 
anything monetary, their wisdom, their support, they're sending you a text like hoping you're having a good day or let's get together. Yeah. That's just that that's awesome. But I think that you can be raw and real in front of somebody. That's a good mentor. Yeah. Who you feel you feel you can let down your guard and you don't have to have a wall or a shield or I'm superwoman or super because I know I'm not, and I know a lot of people don't feel that way about themselves either, but you can just expose, you expose yourself. Well, and I even think it's And that, that takes me yeah. that's an exposure yeah. of like, yeah. I'm letting my guard down, yeah. you know? Someone might see the real me, but I need that person to see the real me to help me. Yeah, and mentors are a lot like friendships. Like, you get a little piece of different things from each one of those people that sort of fill in your... Gaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lack of knowledge areas yeah and in that you know that segues kind of perfectly into um having the right team and people surrounding you Mm -hmm. um i think mentors are one part of it um and you know nancy savage um super smart woman you know running all these successful toy stores across the community um and shops and um her talking about how much energy and time she put into her business plan it was like she really knew where she needed help and she found the resources just just like you found your mentors for different areas of your business and life um and really um i I thought that was powerful advice is is, you know surround yourself with a great accountant or if you're not a financial guru or you know whatever a a great marketer or you know things like that so i think you know from a personal standpoint um you also have to have those people around you so that the professionals you are hiring to help you, um, they may not be the right ones for you. And and you don't, again, there's always the adage, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. So you think that all these people are the right people because it's their run line of business. They're, you're asking them to, you know, financially help you. You're paying them those kind of things. So you ex- have a certain expectation mm-hmm. too. So we, sometimes you need that mentor to help like, Hey, that's not normal. Or hey, yeah. you should be looking at this. Or maybe you need to switch this. Maybe it's not the right fit for you. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of uh, yeah ability to see things that that I think mentors help beyond um, just yeah. just you know letting the guard down. It's like no, that's not normal. You need to find somebody different. Or no, that's not quite right. Let me yeah. pick you up over here. And I think Julie talked about that too as a banker. You know, she's like um, when she's working with her clients and customers you know, helping them to find the best resources. And I mean, really, we're all networkers at the end of the day. Like, it's about connection. And I think I talked about that in my, yeah. my interview with yes, you is the power of connection and um, getting people together in the right space and place and time. So, yes, there are um, other, um, you know, another theme was Throughout life and business, you have to be open to the opportunity, and sometimes opportunity just knocks. Um, you feel it, you see it, you sense it, but you also have to be ready in that right frame of mind and space to open yourself to that. Um, uh, Lance Strohshine, I know, spoke about showing up, um, literally and figuratively, probably being willing to get dirty, and ultimately have to do the hard work. And I think that's what we expect of ourselves we we have to do the hard work it's expected mm-hmm. and then sometimes that also goes over into the uh 
you know, who we end up finding as staff and who's going to help us at that particular point of our journey and in helping us uh, form our businesses as well is being willing to get dirty and do the hard work. Yeah. So sometimes you have to take the garbage out. <laughs> <laughs> or clean the bathroom. Yeah. Clean the bathroom. Absolutely. Just, just to get done. Yeah. I loved uh, I, one of my uh, things that still guides me um, that has actually changed how I try to wake up in my day, you know, as you're getting up, um, was when Julie started, Julie Nelson talked about starting the day with gratitude and using that moment. And this actually has become a theme to their many people who it's like, it is their morning that sets them in the right alignment for the, for the rest of the day. And what is their morning routine to get them there? But there, you know, when life gets rough, things get hard, you have decisions to make, you're not sure what to do, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling down. It's like, okay, let's start off with saying thank you. And, you know, I I come from a place where I believe in God, I pray. It's like just that quick little prayer of like, please see me through my day to day. I'm struggling. I don't know where it's going. I'm not quite sure about this. I'm feeling off. I'm feeling nervous. Please help me Mm -hmm. through my day. Yeah. Um, and then it, I think it just changes the energy of yeah. you to yeah. maybe be open to something different. Yeah. Someone once said to me, and I wrote this down because I found it so powerful, what you visualize, you actualize. And I think that sort of attitude of gratitude and starting your day in the right way and setting the tone and knowing that, you know, and hoping for the best possible outcome really, um, you know, increases the odds. I mean, things are going to happen. And that was the other theme I think that came out of this was, Sometimes you're going to have to realign. Um, sometimes you're going to, you know, you may have the five-year vision and mission, but you may not have thought about all the steps to get there. Um, and that seemed to be a recurring theme with a lot of our, our sort of guests and thought leaders. So that, that meant a lot to me. I think the other thing too is the unexpected opportunities. Um, like Tammy Brown and, and Tammy and Vernon talking about walking into the store. And I think it was Gatlinburg, Missouri or Gatlinburg. Is it in Missouri? <laughs> sorry, geography's not my thing. <laughs> it was somewhere in the south. So yeah. sorry, yeah. Jamie. But yeah, um, but walking into that spice exchange and just knowing in that moment, like, and she said, I think something to the effect of if it had been earlier and hadn't been in that right moment, she wouldn't have done it, maybe. Yeah. And with, um, who was I thinking about? Uh, Nancy Savage of you know, the opportunities, even in the time of, COVID of saying, hey, I, I do see this opportunity. I'm going to actually expand. I'm not going to contract. I'm yeah. going to expand because I see this opportunity there and I think it's ripe and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it. And um that your customers aren't always your customers for one thing. They actually might be great customers for a slightly different, you know, offshoot mm -hmm. of, of what you're doing, which she did uh, with not only her uh, toys, but clothing and, and candy that's kind of just blended in very well. Yeah. Uh, if you're yeah. walking to a toy store, which I encourage my listeners, you know, if you're not in Sioux Balls, come to Sioux Balls. Um, well, you but, can shop online. But you can shop online. <laughs> she, she, she got that, she got that done. Yes. So I'm, I have a question for you kind of around that. Um, Cause I've always been curious and I don't think we've ever talked about this is you're a surgeon by trade. How did you ever decide to do the med spa? Like what, what spurned that? What was that? Um, was it just an area of interest or what? Cause they don't, they do, but they do, you know? So whether you can say that I, I 
allow them to blend. I remember being asked, you know, many years ago, what is your why? And my why at that time, I think our why's can change, but our, our you know, I think our traditional philosophy yeah. kind, of, kind of stay the same. Yeah. But it was to, you know, that my why is to find beauty. Life is beautiful, always being seeking the beautiful moments. You know, look at the flowers, look at the sky. Like there is beauty everywhere. Yeah. Um, which is really transformed into my why behind both segments of my business, my uh, eye surgery practice, as well as my uh, the skin and laser side with the aesthetic portion. There is beauty everywhere. There's external beauty. There's internal beauty. There's things that we see outwardly. There's things that we see inwardly that we feel that we possess and seeing the world better, seeing yourself better. There's such a beauty to that. There's beauty and art to this amazing structure called the eyeball that I know we geek out on it, um, but, but it is, it becomes addicting that, that this, this, this thing in medicine is actually amazingly beautiful. Um, disease free or, or diseases are, it can be, it can be amazingly, um, like pictures of art, um, which then transforms into pictures of art in my aesthetic world. People are canvases. People are, are art. They are, you know, can we create? Do we need to restore? How do we maintain that work of art that is them and sometimes bring to light something in them that they never you know, knew they possessed or felt has been missing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like they're, they're so disparate. They are very different and yeah. they're so aligned in the philosophy behind them. And we can change somebody's vision. That's like, they start seeing themselves differently. They see the world a little differently. It is, it's the same concept in a very different business manner. Mm -hmm. And it's impactful. I remember running into one of um, your patients this year and she had one eye done for cataract surgery. And she was just profoundly amazed at how much better she could see there's and what a, a new, gift that was. There's a new lease on life when you change your mm -hmm. when you change your vision. And it's one of the um once you have the gift, given I say given, but like yeah. with the surgery, it yeah. it it how you function, how you behave. So, some things just really change. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's beautiful. So, well, so I just say it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And you and I, when you brought it up yesterday or the a few days ago with um, Rana DeBoer um, on her podcast, and you and you were listening to her and you were engaged, and I could see it. And you leaned over to her and you said, "That is a beautiful philosophy. That is a beautiful. I mean, so there is. You, you're totally right. There is more to beauty than just you know." inside outside it's it's yeah. it can be as simple as as how you treat other people and um the impact that you make on the world I so think. getting back to your original question i don't yeah. know that originally there was a connection yeah except that i happened to be able to do that okay i happen to skill wise be able to in medicine we can kind of you know we don't always have to go straight and narrow on one path mm -hmm. we have things that overlap slightly and we can take that mild overlap and decide to take it another route and so it was a mild overlap that i ended up being able to take another route but yet as i have grown and it's like they just meld they i am both i'm not either or so yeah. people say oh could you do just this side or just this, this side I'm like no because they both are who i am yeah. now and they both encompass the why of why I do what I do. And so, so, so there's awesome. definitely beauty in both. I think too, 
like you saw an opportunity and you embraced it. And, you know, um, that's what great entrepreneurs and leaders do. Um, I, I know when Mayor Ten Haken was on and we asked him about COVID and he looked at that not as a problem. But he was actually like, seemed excited. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, who wants to be excited over that? But well, he, no. he, he, in that, I don't mean in a bad way, but he was like, this is an opportunity for me to serve, to lead for, it was a challenge. And he didn't back, he didn't back down. I think mm-hmm. his words, um, uh, was it his words that were, why not me? Why should this be happening with me while I'm mayor right now? Yeah. Like, why not me? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. why he ran the first, why not me? Yeah. And, and I think he always tends to look at things from what he can learn from them. And I, a lot of great entrepreneurs do like, um, let's talk a little bit about fear of failure. And, and, and there was, that was another recurring theme throughout the year. Like, yeah. I could even say, you know, starting this podcast or doing this, I mean, there's a fear of failure. Yeah. The fear of failure also drives you to make sure that you're prepared, yeah. but that's all, maybe a sign of, of trying to do your best. And it's like, I want to be, I don't want to fail yet. That fear of failure, is it going to hold you back or is it going to, Mm-hmm. you know drive you forward to to get over that challenge and then i wonder how many of us the more we have and get over that fear of failure the more we're able to risk and take another one on yeah beth beth trejo i'm sorry to interrupt <laughs> I know, but, you're good. um beth she just was had such a unique perspective and when i heard her like when i listen to your podcast i'm always listening for the colorfuls the things that you know are going to draw people in or the things that are going to be impactful in their learning and their experience and listening um, to you and your guests. And when she said, you know, she doesn't fear failure. She fears regret. Like that is bold. That is such a, you know, that risk taking mentality that many entrepreneurs have to have. That was, that was impactful for me. Yes, absolutely. I, I, there are just some beautiful, beautiful sayings. Um, Rebecca Scott, I remember one of hers was, uh, you have to fail to scale. Yeah. She's definitely scaled uh, her business and found a, a niche that helps use her creativity and skills, but yet build up community of women and, um, entre- you know, moms who are entrepreneurs and Amazing. Yeah. Um, helping build them up. So fail, you have to fail to scale. And those those are things, I mean, truly none of us do this because we want to fail. And yeah. most of us are here because we're like, we're not, we're, we're, like, we're not failing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so it is hard when you are not someone like, I don't fail. I don't fail. And then to fail. Yeah. It's a big humble pie lesson. And um, again, you're not, you're not superhuman. You're not immune. And okay. But I think that allows you to learn grace for yourself and then learn grace for others when they like try yeah if you fail that's okay at least you try yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know it was one of the guests I can't remember who right now but they said something to the effect of you know I think it, was, it might have been Brianne uh, Manor is you have to make mistakes in order to grow and learn from them and that's what they are they're that opportunity um you know, she had so many good nuggets in her episode as well. I just really enjoy that woman. She's I would encourage our sisters. Some of these, some of these episodes were highlighting out. There's so many. I feel like really so good many, ones. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't listened to some of them, yeah, take a moment and mm-hmm. and 
go ahead and download them and listen to them again. Um, I look forward to actually listening to it again. And I think you did recently. Yeah, I did. I spent a, a good amount of time kind of um, exploring um, and look, you know, and, and thinking about, um, you know, what um, I've learned in the last years for sure. So um, obviously we know as a part of this podcast, we're, it's entrepreneurship. I mean, that was a recurring theme. Um, even, you know, the mayor had owned his own successful business prior to, you know, becoming a public servant. I think a lot of people really are invested in their success and, and want to do that. And I think that that was a big um, sort of undercurrent for a lot of our guests this year. The uh, entrepreneurship aspect of um, mixing in with asking for help. This community and other communities, and I say communities, but a community could be a community of a specific network of people across the nation, across the world. It could mm-hmm. be just, it could be your own community too, but there are so many people too. You don't have to be on your own. There are resources to help. Um, and, and asking for that is kind of the, the step one. Or you meet that a fun business person at a store. It's like, do you want to have coffee? Yeah. Something just to yeah. you know, help help spurn a, a, some and get rid of some of those fears. Yeah. And I think one of my goals with the podcast was when I was starting my own business of having to get over that fear of asking for help. Um, but you had to because you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to reach out to your resources and ask for help. Um, but getting over that fear. And what I learned was there are a lot of people that I was talking to that had nothing to do with my industry mm-hmm. that were very beneficial in helping me get over that fear of starting my own, my own business. And like, hey, Allison, you can have success. You can do this. Mm-hmm. And they had nothing to do with the medical industry, nothing to do with eyes. They were just people in such different industries. Um, I remember Melissa Johnson with All My Cupcakes. I mean, she had a great episode as well early on in our podcast series, but she was one of those people that inspired you know, me as someone, I'm like, wow, you know, maybe I can do this. Mm-hmm. And we have nothing in common from a business standpoint. <laughs> and eyeballs. Yeah, we have cupcakes and eyeballs. <laughs> oh, you put eyeballs on cupcakes. Very good. Yes, yes, we can. do that for us But yet reaching out to those people and just taking that chance and mm-hmm. that shot of like, I don't know really who you are, but there's, you inspire me, you inspire others. How can I use that to help get me? I don't mean get me where I'm going, but help fulfill me, help mm-hmm. fill something and fill a gap yeah. to help give me that courage. I, I think one thing that just occurred as you were talking about that is is when the mayor, uh, Ted Haken, was on, he talked about his time in entrepreneurship and starting his own business. And he's like, the public and a lot of your clients, customers, whatever, they'll see the success but they won't see all the things that go on behind the scenes, the sleepless nights, the wondering if you're going to make payroll, the, you know, cleaning the bathrooms or doing whatever it takes. And, and I, if you've ever owned your own business, you know that there's a lot of heartache that goes into it um, as well as success. And it's hard. It's hard work. So that is true. It usually takes what, 10 years to be a success. I don't know. <laughs> we had another podcast guest um, who, it might have been Matt Paulson who was, yeah, I'm an overnight success. Yeah. I, I've been over, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're all overnight successes, which we're not. It's no. years of, of, of just kind of 
nose to the grindstone, doing it, but yet having your vision for how you want it to be, mm -hmm. how you feel it should be, and appreciating those that are, are coming along um, with you. I had a I had somebody today who gave me a, a compliment on somebody else in the community had said something that helped her feel comfort, comfortable and confident about a procedure she was having today oh, nice. with me because it was about me. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, it made me feel like, oh, and I said, okay, that, that thank you for telling me that because it makes me feel like, okay, keep going, Allison. Yeah. Keep going, Allison. So sometimes even those entrepreneurs, those people who you think you look at and see like, oh, they got everything together. They don't. And sometimes that one little thing, it's like, oh, keep going. Maybe I'm making an impact positively in this world or this community. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Don't give up. Well, and I think that's the other thing that kind of came through as a theme too, is you, you know, you don't know what other people, you'll never know what other people are going through. Um, and, and that sense of being an empathetic leader and compassionate, um, you know, um, Tiffany Langer, um, oh, amazingly yeah, accomplished woman and yeah. has gone through a lot of loss in her life. Um, I, I think, you know, her starting Kellen cares and doing those random acts of kindness was just one way for her to, to navigate her grief and to do something positive and make an impact. And impact has been kind of a recurring theme, you know, we've talked about today as well. And taking, taking that, um, and allowing it to move you forward yeah. and, and doing it for others, but also becoming, I mean, doing that and helping things make a business and then becoming entrepreneurs and authors and speakers and, mm -hmm. um, but you, you don't. And I think there's a story behind every person and every person's success. And that's another thing I, I really enjoyed about our podcast is what's the story behind this, mm -hmm. this person who seemingly has this all, you know, going for them, golden moment, etc. But it's not always so there's, yeah. there's a lot behind that person. And what is, a, yes, their art to seeing themselves clearly as well as some of the amazing tidbits and advice for um, trying to trying to run a successful business because it's never end. Yeah, you know, I would like you always are trying trying to make things better. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think too that kind of leads into. I mean, we talked a lot about mentors and entrepreneurs, but the other recurring theme that I kept um, hearing in in a lot of our guest episodes was you know having the right team and the right people surrounding you. And I know we talked about you know, having the, the mentor or the accountant or the, thank goodness for accountants today, right? Um, <laughs> um, but also a lot about team building and how to get the right people in the right places on your team and how to inspire and lead. And sometimes it's getting out of the way and letting others lead, which I think was something Addie um, Graham Kramer talked about as well. So I think that's a um, something I always want to dive into with people because that is one of the toughest things I think of having that business run like you want it to in that clockwork is not just the what you do it's the people behind the scenes of how things get done it's um wanting them to grow and to improve upon themselves and see areas of of hey how can I help this business and how do we set the culture? How do we, mm -hmm. and then how do you as a leader do that when you as a leader might have no idea how to do that either. And then again, it's asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny too. When we talked to Tammy and Vernon, um, Tammy's a, a former English teacher 
And um, um, she talked about who makes the best employees. And it was it was retired teachers. And I just thought that was such a sweet um, uh, comment and, and just a reflection on, you know, who Tammy and Vernon are and um, and what teachers do for us and that sort of education and learning. Because we do a lot of that as, as entrepreneurs and leaders and owners in our business and our teams do that too. I know you do it here in your business is that education component is so important. So people... I've had people ask before, oh, you feel like you're you know, part of my business. Well, it's all medical, but some is elective, some is, is insurance-based. And um, do you feel like you're ever selling something? I'm like, no, my goal is to educate. My goal is to find what I think is the best, you know, product, laser, device, treatment, eye surgery, lens, whatever I'm doing. It's like to, it's to try to find the best thing. To, you know, cheap dry eye. I mean, everything we do is just trying to educate, educate myself so that I can educate you so that I can help you in your decision making process to do what you feel is right for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, getting people involved in your getting your team involved in solutions um, was something that Lon, I think, talked a little bit about um, understanding that as a leader, you probably set the vision and knowing that you need the supporting strategy, but if you get others involved in helping find the solutions, you get more engagement, you get better, you know, um, productivity and, and a lot of those things. So anything else that you want to talk about as far as episodes go? Otherwise I'm going to ask you questions. Okay. I get my fear of failure is coming. <laughs> jump in, jump in. Um, you talk, I guess, you know, we talked about the the why around your life and business. Um, art is kind of a recurring theme. Yeah. And yeah. Can, can you explain so that the listeners understand why that's so impactful? We talked about beauty, but we talked about we talked about about beauty. Um and beauty in my world, again, I look at things as as works of art. Um People may or may not know. Uh, I'm not about putting my name on things either. So when we talk about my my business, yeah. um, my initials are art. So A R T. So it. I didn't even necessarily think of that in the beginning, but that has set the theme for a lot. Of, yeah. The tone for a lot of what we do. It's allowed. Like, who am I in relation to myself as art? Who, you know, how do I see that clearly? How does that become, you know, how do I want to say? How does that canvas change over time? Mm-hmm. And then it, again, just naturally goes into um, into my work and my business. And your philosophy of life. I mean, it, yeah. that's a, you know, a yeah. recurring theme. Yeah. One thing, I always have, like, recurring themes in my life. Um, I think of, you know, whys in life. And I use these themes. There are a couple of things I use a lot in my office too. Um, uh, like I call them mantras and one of them, um, like doing nothing gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. So if people are afraid to start dry treatment or they aesthetics or like, I, I want all this, but I like, okay, well you can choose to do nothing, but doing nothing will get you nowhere towards your goal. Mm-hmm. How would you like to proceed and how can I help you in that? So those are, those are, um, and that's always a theme that, that I have too, of, of trying to get, you know, and the hardest part for people is often just getting started. 
So no matter what, I say that to patients all the time. The hardest part was just making the phone call to come in. Yeah. This should be the easier part. Yeah. You know, how long it takes us to make a decision to make an action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we think about it. We yep. think about it. I'm like, how am I even thinking yeah. about getting refractive surgery? Years. Why now? Yeah. And so also trying to find out what are people's whys behind why now? And I think that's a theme that, you know, too, um, that I try to bring into um, life as well as business for uh, myself and my patients and clients. What is it about now mm-hmm. that that has made you make this action so that I can understand better, so I can set your expectations appropriately for what you want to achieve now? Well, and that's another level of problem solving and understanding, you know, their whys as, as well as your why. I like that. Um, I don't know that we ever talked either about why you went into ophthalmology. I uh, truly say it was a God thing. Yeah. So um, there, uh, having had no, so I grew up, um, I mean, I had nobody in the medical field growing up. My sister, uh, she's a couple years old, and I did go into physical therapy, but nobody else. No one was a, no one was a nurse. No one was a physician. I mean, zero. Yeah. So my family background is, you know, farming. Um, my dad was a small business. Uh, I would call him entrepreneur, and my mom was a secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't, and there wasn't like this opening of a door there wasn't oh I learned about all this and I became very interested in it from family life mm-hmm. you know sitting at the dinner table or something like that no um I, in high school I decided I wanted to go into the medical field um I loved working with people I loved working with my hands I had the you know I was good at school. I was yeah. good at studying. I, I could I could do math that. and science. And all I was that. good at math and science. <laughs> um, so it just kind of was like there's that there's yeah. that progression of where are you gonna go? And um then I decided to go to medical school. And then my first year of medical school, um truly trying to decide it took me I, I struggled deciding if I wanted to go to medical school or not. Hmm. Because the only type of medicine I knew was medicine where People worked all the time. Yeah. They had, you know, they were gone all the time. Um, they were on call all the time. And that that wasn't that wasn't the lifestyle that mm-hmm. I wanted. I'm like, so does being a physician mean I have to do it this way? Mm-hmm. I guess I still ask myself those kind of questions. Just because I'm this, does it mean I have to do it this way or can I do it a little different way? Why can't I do it a different way? But I think that's also being naive and not knowing what the medical fields, you know, had in store or could have in store. Um, so I had such a narrow window um, to look. But I did decide, yep, going to med school. And then um, off the bat, I visited with a friend who was a few years ahead of me. And she was going to dermatology. And I asked her that question, being a female. Being, you know, going to medicine, you know, why did you choose this profession? And her answer helped allay some fears and open up a thought process and windows of other opportunities in medicine that might allow me to, you know, live who I am. How I know I, you know, my my hours are. Hey, I, I've always loved to go to sleep at 10 p.m. I mean, like those yeah. kinds of things I know about myself for my best functioning mm-hmm. and my best self mm-hmm. that I was worried I would have to give up if I 
decided to go this that way. That was really brave. And that was the, yeah. setting your own and knowing your own boundaries and knowing what it is you want. And the phrase work-life balance, that was kind of a recurring theme this year. And I think you just in knowing you, you do a really good job of finding that sort of sweet spot of, I know I can do this and this is what I'm my best. And this is what this I is have how I am. This is how I yeah. am my best. In yeah. order to be my best, I, I'm happy to give here, here, and here. But to be my best, ultimately, I need to do this A, B, or C for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I feel I feel good. I feel grounded. I feel that energy. I feel that spirit back. Um, so finding a profession I wanted to find. And honestly, um, and some people can still be, I'm a, I'm a workaholic just in a very different way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a workaholic in a very different way. Um, uh, than some people who are just constantly at the office. I mean, even when I'm home, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily at the computer, but I'm constantly thinking about work and business and, oh, I've got this project I need to do. So sometimes those things I do at home allow me to have a different thought process well, and freedom for And you had what happens at work. sort of an entrepreneurial dad. So I think, you know, you have this combination of being an ophthalmologist and, and you know, the aesthetics business and then still having entrepreneurial, you know, sort of ideation from. But I don't think I, you know, unless it's woven in our DNA. I mean, yeah. My father passed away many years ago before I ever opened my own business. And I, I'm going to be very honest it, that if I looked at my dad's life as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. would I say I wanted to do that? Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So well, go ahead and go ahead and yeah. have that one. Yeah. Um. That so, but I also learned some things from my parents of what I how I didn't want to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned we learned a lot. We've got a lot of love, a lot of positivity, but there are things. It's like, nope, that's not how I'm going to do that. So in our worlds of finding, you know, our paths, it's as much as what we know we don't want to do and what we don't want to be mm-hmm. that guides us as much as. Mm-hmm. Um, finding out who we, we do want to be. Well, and you know, when I talked about you and, and sort of that work-life balance, you, you love to travel. Yeah. Um, so, and you and have been a lot of really interesting places. What was your favorite tra- uh, travel destination and why? This, this is a hard question for me. Well, you could pick three if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why it's hard. Because I don't like to go to the same places twice. Mm-hmm. Um, each time I travel, I typically think it's been one of my favorite trips. <laughs> so, and then I know that there's so much else out there that, that I want to go, to go see and do. Um, well, so far in life, you know, my first trip ever, um, I will say was my hardest and my best. And the first time I ever left the country was I went to India. Um, I was a senior in college and never been out of the country. My parents had never been out of the country. And I was going. Um, this is before the internet, really. Mm. Email was not even really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so things were just difficult. I was there for three months on a student learning program, and it was hard. And um, it culture was was hard. It was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was hard. Every day was wow. just a little. It was hard to get from point A to B. Transportation was hard. Communication was hard. Um, yet. That set me up for like one of the most amazing experiences that has pushed me to say like, hey, I want to, I want to go see, I do. My reason for, you know, another reason for travel, we didn't travel a lot as kids at all. Um, You know, we 
went to Minneapolis or Omaha, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, that was about as far as we got. Black Hills, got to Black Hills too. Um, but just my mom passed away when I was 19. And I, in my mind, always knew that she wanted to travel and she didn't ever get to. And I, that also pushes me to do things that are a little out of the comfort zone of the norm. And maybe it's just me too. I could say that, but it is a reason behind some of the things that I do. It's like, I don't want to take a chance that I didn't get to go there when I always wanted to, Mm -hmm. or I didn't spend the time or um, the resources to make that happen. Um, because I thought it'd be too much or I shouldn't be away from work or I shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Or I should, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I go yeah. do things that make why me happy? Why not you, right? Why not me? <laughs> why not me? And you, you use structured into your life and you know, there's, there's most things that are very well planned in order to make life and work, um, life and work happen that way. Um, so it's not like you can, you know, you just, so where would it, where, what's on my list? I keep a list of about five places and then I slowly cross them off. So, so, you, so, yeah. so my recent place I was at, we, we biked in France. That's been on my list for oh, a while. Amazing. So yeah. we, we went biking in France, which was, I loved it. I was sweaty every day, but I had to eat good food and wine. And, and <laughs> it was, I worked my butt off and I loved it. Um, uh, um, I do kind of like adventure trips. I mean, going to Africa has been wonderful. We've done the safari there before. Um, again, India was good. I always say nothing really tops Fiji, but I need to go back to Fiji because Fiji was early on in all my travel. So maybe, maybe there's more than Fiji maybe now. My husband will be like, what? There's more than Fiji for you? <laughs> maybe so. Um, uh, other plans, um, uh, near plans are Bali. And when I'm 50, I really want to make my trip to Antarctica. That's amazing. So that is my, that is my goal. So I hope I get there. Oh, so I get that for sure. Okay, so we we talked about the three dinner party guests, but on your podcast, if you could interview any three people, who would it be and why? Well, thank you for not saying that one couldn't be my mother because I would invite my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know if everyone might be like, oh, no, 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 no. but I have so many questions to ask her. Well, lives in her, you know, at so many age. questions to ask. And I'm in such a different, you know, I, I like all my experiences now, I love, I would love to know um, more about what drove her, what, what, why she made decisions, you know, certain decisions, mm-hmm. who she wanted to be, what were her, I would love to know that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would love to interview my mom. Um, um, I would have to pick, and I know she recently passed away, but I think interviewing um queen elizabeth would be fascinating. oh yeah fascinating from this you know this romanticism state of what we have with royals to the fact that this little girl became queen and went through multiple wars and the history mm-hmm. and the knowledge that she had i just think it would be fascinating mm-hmm. so, absolutely so those are those are my top two um Golly, I don't know. Pick somebody that's alive. We, we, I, so this will be our spiritual for next year. Somebody alive. <laughs> I I don't. I I need more laughter in my life, so I would have to pick somebody who would bring some laughter. I don't really know who that would be. Who should I have on who would bring me laughter, Jen? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, 
But one of the Ryans, Gosling or Reynolds, I don't care. I think they're both funny. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, a, so, so somebody who could bring a lot of laughter, sarcasm, because I do love, I appreciate good sarcasm. Yeah. And fine, make fun of me. Go for it. You know, the one guest now that you mentioned that um, where I just had a great time was Kirby Schultz. Uh, he is such a joy, and I just absolutely love his sense of humor. Um, and he had the best stories. I mean, you know, and and just yeah, that's one. I'm, I'm going to go re-listen to that one again because that was a fun one, and I really, really thought that was great. Um, so, as we wrap up here. I get to ask you the signature question that you've asked our innumerable guests this last year. Um, how do you see the world and yourself more clearly? That's oh, uh, <laughs> hard, but it's your own question. It is, and Jen, you know me, and I'm not. I'm not great at uh, on the fly things, and um, things always have so much meaning to me so a question is never a question with always a simple answer mm -hmm. um yet you know i think for me i try to follow my inner compass that compass changes but it's still you know it, it guides you through and and listening to it and and appreciating where it's taking you and for me um you know how do i see myself more clearly I'm constantly wanting to learn more. I constantly want to read. I said I could be a perpetual student for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. um, minus the tests and the uh, <laughs> and, and the essays that I might have to write. I would love to go to school all the time and learn, learn, learn. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about all kinds of different things. I mean, I would love to know how to work on that car outside my window. I don't have time to do that, but... I'm just like, oh, that's how that works. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is interesting. How, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know your job so well. I know mine so well. I wish I knew a little bit more, but that's why I hired you. Because yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. So I'm always, I, I'm always curious. I want to be better. I think that curiosity and that learning is like, how do I learn more so I can be better? How do you read books that are trying to change how your mind thinks? Because your mind is this ever- you know, your mind's this moving target, but how can it grow and expand? Mm -hmm. um, so how can my mind be better? How can I be a better um, leader? So always trying to do that. And then um, uh, hopefully some of those things that are just, you know, I guess who I am and, and how I see the world and my feeling of taking care of you need to take care of yourself if you're going to take care of others mm -hmm. so small things done consistently make a difference and so in my world those small things are um i make sure that my body is as healthy as i can possibly keep it um i may get some disease someday i might have cancer i don't know and i can't help that mm -hmm. but i sure can help a lot of other things mm -hmm. and it's important for me to take care of my body and my mind um, health and nutrition. I, I love that stuff. And that's a lot of science as well, mm -hmm. but it's like, how can my body be better? How can my mind be better? Which then makes me just a more whole individual makes me feel like, okay, I did that for myself today. Um, what, what are we going to do tomorrow? But that just that, that, that consistency. And, and I guess I hope, you know, 
my daughter or other family might be able to see those consistent steps and know that it's like, okay, you need to take care of this, you know, this mm-hmm. being that you are in all aspects in order to try to live your best life. Well, Allison, thank you for sharing and being a little bit vulnerable today and letting me interview you. It has been my pleasure and it's been so fun to produce this podcast over the last year. Um, excited to see what 2023 holds. I can't wait as well. So thank you, Jennifer, for yeah. all your hard work and for um, bringing up some amazing um, uh, you know, questions as well as allowing us the time to reflect on where we've been and uh, set us up for where we want to go. All right. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.